Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you are listening to episode number 44 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. I want to thank you, as always, for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say on movies. Your support, your encouragement, your response to this show has just been amazing, and I'm so grateful to you for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say to the friendships that have been made because of this show. It is just all, it all has been worthwhile and enjoyable. And as I've said from the very beginning, this has been a passion project to me, but the, the experience along the way, the, the connections that have been forged, the friendships that have been made and, and just the, the joy of, of being able to talk about movies has just been an absolute blast. And, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. I'm going to keep doing this as long as I, as I possibly can, as long as my voice will let me, I think. But, uh, once again, thank you, thank you so much to you, the listeners, for 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 everything. Really, it, it, at the at the end of the day, uh, it it really is a testament to to you for your support of the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you, and and one last thank you actually uh, too, if I if I may, for last week's show, uh, we did a return, of course, to Haddonfield, Illinois, did a, re- a revisit and review of David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy, Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. The response to that show has just been off the charts, and, and it really, I think, is a, is a testament to Chris Evans and Anthony Caruso, who both agreed to be on the show, and we just had an absolute blast talking about the Halloween movies, Michael Myers, and the franchise that will never, ever die. So just a, a special thank you and shout out once more to Anthony and Chris. And if you haven't done so already, I would encourage you to follow their shows, to check their shows out, because they are just doing absolutely stellar work on their respective podcasts. For Anthony, it is Tis the Podcast, and for Chris, it is Gathering of the Geeks. Just both excellent, stellar shows, and I highly recommend them. Uh, for what it's worth, they have the Phil seal of approval, but uh, definitely go and check uh, check out their work and support them because they're they're two friends and I just uh, uh, respect them both uh, respect them both greatly. So thank you guys uh, thank you guys once again. Now for today's show, I'm I'm really excited about it because not only are we going to be I'm going to be talking about one of my all time favorite films, and it just so happens to coordinate with with Valentine's Day so kind of capitalizing on the romantic sentiment of next week but in addition wanted to give a few thoughts on some breaking news or, or I guess at this point it's it's past news but some developments that that came out last week uh with regards to DC Studios and some forthcoming Batman related projects and lastly, want to make an announcement regarding an upcoming interactive element of this show that I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, where it goes, uh, but uh, more on that in just a moment. I'll start first with the, the news of last week, which if you're a fan of, of anything DC-related, you've known something has been in the works for a couple months with uh, the announcement that James Gunn and, and Peter Safran would be heading 
DC Studios, and we're going to be kind of, in a way, rebooting the uh, the DC Cinematic Universe and and taking it in a new direction over over a ten year period. So we now have an announcement. There's been a slate of of movies and TV projects announced, and part of them include a new Superman movie. So I, I you know, I'm as you all know, I'm a Batman guy uh, uh, through and through. But it will be nice to see. Uh, a, a new take on on the Man of Steel, and and see where it 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 goes because this is kind of headlined as the kind of the start and and center of this new universe, this new uh, series of of movies and projects uh, under this under this DC umbrella. So there'll be a Superman movie, there will be a, a Swamp Thing movie, there'll be a whole bunch of other DC related projects, including a new Batman project. And so there will be another Batman movie, which will be drawing heavily from uh, a lot more recent uh, comic book interpretations. Uh, Robin will be making his triumphant return to the big screen. And again, I'm not going to go into all the, uh, all of the, all the details, but there's going to be a, a a new, uh, a new Cape Crusader. Now, in addition to, uh, to that, announcement that development there is of course a date and a title that was announced last week and of course that is for the batman we now have a release date october 3rd 2025 the batman part two now as i said i'm a dc fan i love all of the uh all of the, the you know the dc properties but batman has always been my my favorite and and particularly this this last interpretation of the character was was just unlike anything I had ever seen before. And you know, for those who have been listening to the show, you know, this was my favorite film of last year, the Batman. And so I've been clamoring for any kind of detail for uh, the sequel. There's been little bits here and there that have been announced, but we haven't had a title. We haven't had a release date. Well, now we have the release date. We have the title. And that to me was, that was the highlight of all this, DC news from last week. I mean, as much as I'm excited about uh, a different take on on Batman that'll be interacting with other superheroes and and the entire uh, Bat family, the big uh, the big highlight, the big the big uh, the big news was the title and release date for the Batman Part Two. And I I expect as the year rolls on, we'll be getting more information as the script is finalized and tweaked and and shooting uh, uh commences so more uh more more batman stuff on the horizon and that's that's okay with me but definitely getting that release date getting that title that's just a kind of a a, a great step in the right direction that I think we all knew especially fans of the film we knew it was it was happening we knew it was coming but it's just kind of nice to have that that confirmation so that that to me was the real Highlight of last week, so October third, twenty twenty-five, save the day. And I like this idea that they're really leaning into it being an epic crime saga. Those are those are Matt Reeves, uh, the director's words. That it would be a crime saga, and the title, which I think is absolutely perfect, Batman Part Two, draws a lot of similarities. You know, whether intentional or not, to the Godfather Part Two, and really leaning into it being a crime drama. I, I'm just Oh, I'm just so excited! My my head is my head is just plodding away with where the story 
could go, but uh, all in good time, as they say. But uh, nevertheless, this will uh, this will be enough to uh, sort of tide me over until the until the next announcement uh, or uh, information uh, leaks out. But uh, the Batman Part Two, it is uh, it's on its way. So always good to uh, have that uh, that reassurance. But I will be covering and 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 discussing more DC news as things begin to unfold over over the next uh, months and years because this is as i said going to be a 10 year project that's been announced this is the first slate of of stories and 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 properties that have been announced and i expect it's going to be kind of overarching but at the same time you know individual standalone tales so Lots of different things to pick for uh, pick from, especially if you are a fan of of DC Comics. But uh, even for the general audience, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff on the uh, on the menu, so to speak, to uh, to choose from and 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 to try uh, and experience new things. So that's always a good thing, uh, <laughs> to say the least. But in any event, that is a uh, that is the breaking news that I wanted to uh, to share with you now. As it relates to the uh, the interactive element that I alluded to at the start of the show, as I said early on this year, I wanted to try to do different things with with this show, and part of that was what I what what you uh, listened to last week with the discussion uh, review with Chris and Anthony, kind of changing up, kind of you know reshuffling the format here and there, so. Gives your ears a uh, a break, so you don't have to always listen to my uh, my voice go on and on and 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 kind of again try different projects, different uh, uh, adventures, if you will. And so for next week's show, and I I think I maybe briefly mentioned this a few weeks back, but for next week I am going to be doing a commentary episode, and the real fun part of it is going to be. The movie that I will be reviewing and comment, uh, doing a commentary on will be decided by you, the listeners. So right now on my Twitter page, Phil at the Movies, and you can find all the appropriate information in the show notes, I am running a poll, and this will be running through midnight uh, Eastern Standard Time on, on Saturday, and it will be a chance for you the listeners to weigh in and decide which movie I should be reviewing for next week's show. Now there are four films uh, on the slate. The first being Batman 1989, the Michael Keaton Jack Nicholson version. The uh, second option is Jaws, the 1975 original summer blockbuster. The third option, Dracula, the original. Universal Monster, the 1931 version, and the last, but uh, certainly not least, in honor of, of Valentine's Day, which is next week, and just because I happen to really enjoy this movie, Notting Hill. So those are the four films, and right now, if you're on Twitter, you can go and cast your vote, and the top vote-getter will be the film that I will be reviewing for Next week's show, be doing a commentary, which you can then listen to as you watch the the chosen film. Now, if you're not on on Twitter, which I know uh, a number of the listeners uh, are not, and you'd like to participate in this uh, interactive poll, 
there is an option for you as well. You can send an email. The email is in the show notes, and it is Philip and the Listens, P H I L I P A N D L I S T E N at gmail.com. Again, I'll leave it in the show notes. And you can email me if you want to be included in the survey, in the poll. You can email me your choice of either Batman, Jaws, Dracula, or Notting Hill. And so whatever email responses I receive, I will compile those with the the, the Twitter poll. And so when everything closes on, on Saturday, and I would ask that you please, if you are going to email, to, to get it in before midnight uh, on, on Saturday, a Saturday night. Uh, so get those uh, responses in. But I will then compile them all together, and then whatever movie gets the highest vote uh, will be the film that I will do a commentary on for next week's show. And and this commentary will be my reaction, my my thoughts on, on the particular film. I'll try to pepper in different factoids and uh, behind-the-scenes tidbits as I can. Now, how this will work, because obviously we want to be we want to be wary of, of copyright issues and whatnot. Um, how it'll work is I will be watching the film. And you won't be able to he- obviously hear it because that gets, gets into the deep waters of, of copyright issues. And I, I just don't want to swim in those waters right now. But how it can work is I will, I will have the film queued up. And then I will say at the start of the show, when you, uh, whenever you tune in, if you want to listen to it and watch, I'll have it queued up. And when I uh, I say I'm hitting play, you can hit play as well. And you can watch and listen along as I share with you uh, my thoughts, my feelings, my uh, behind-the-scenes information on whatever film happens to uh, be uh, be decided. Now, I will get to, I think, all of these films at some point. Uh, if this commentary goes well, but again, who knows how this will, you know, what the reaction uh, will be. This again, trying to do different things with this show. But I, I thought this would be fun. This would be kind of a the first real interaction um, uh, portion. I mean, I've done a couple of of Twitter polls over the last few weeks, and of course, if you're you're on Twitter and and you're not following along, you feel free to follow along. Uh, Phil at the movies. You can also, of course, follow my personal handle at Phil. Cast movies, again, all that information I'll leave in the show notes. But again, trying to, to get that interaction going because it, it's fun. And this has uh, turned into quite a quite a contest on uh, on Twitter right now. I can say, looking at the results, it is a... Uh, well, right now, Batman is... Uh, he is leading. He is leading, but uh, but Jaws is uh, kind of nipping at his heels just a little bit. So, uh, uh, yeah, Notting Hill is, uh, Notting Hill is not uh, pulling in... Uh, Many strong votes, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so feel free if you haven't done so already to cast your vote on the Twitter poll. And again, if you're not on social media but you would like to uh, still participate, you can email me your your uh, your choice, and I will include it in the final total. But uh, so uh, stay tuned. I don't know what's what's going to happen. That's the exciting part of this. I mean, I I've got enough. Uh, kind of your behind the scenes uh facts and and tidbits for all of these films so I'm I'm covered on on that end but uh it'll be fun just to you know give my uh 
reaction. I'll, you know, probably have a, a, a beverage in hand and we'll, it'll just be fun. We'll have a great time, uh, uh, you know, you know, watching it together in a way, but, uh, yeah, that'll be the first sort of interactive, uh, event for this show. And, uh, like I said, try to do more of this as the year progresses, but, uh, uh, at, at this point, it's in your hands, and I await your <laughs> your decision. All right, everybody, switching gears. Now on with the main event of today's show, and the main event is the movie Her, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Now, as I previewed at the start of the uh, start of the show today, this movie is one of my all time favorites. I include it whenever I'm asked to do a a top 10 list. I will always have her somewhere in the ranking because this movie, not only was it ahead of its time, came out 10 years this this coming December, not only was it very prescient in in sort of its its, uh, understanding about the connection uh, between humans and and technology, but the film is is beautiful. It, it is a beautiful, quirky story that that you know a, a cynic might say, oh, it's you know, man falls in love with Siri. You know, kind of a science a sci-fi take on the boy meets girl tropes and and story. The movie is so much more than that, and the message is much deeper than just sort of the 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 fun premise, if you will, of a a man falling in love with an operating system and 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 then developing a a bond an emotional connection that is as powerful and as as uh, as strong and frankly as relatable as any relationship between two people. This movie has so much heart and it has such a strong message that is really multidimensional. And I find myself watching this film at, at least once a year. Um, I, I When I rewatched it this week, I had discovered it had been about a year and a half since I had last watched it so I was a little bit uh you know behind uh on my uh, on my uh, my my uh, rewatch of it but you know I have to say every time I I I watch this film and and I've seen it multiple times at this point it always for, first of it, it always leaves me with the same reaction I had the first time which was that it is such a moving and beautiful story about love, about relationships, about growth, and growing to love, growing in love, growing how to love. But in addition to my my, my reaction, which I experience each time, I also find myself with a new thought, with with a new feeling on the film, and I think in in part because the movie was ahead of its time in in 2013 certainly technology has been integrated into our into our daily lives over the last decade or more but certainly the world we live in today everybody has has 
a smartphone. Practically everyone has some kind of smart technology in, in their homes and we don't question it. It's just there. And, you know, at the time this movie was sort of looking down the road at a future that was inevitable. And I don't want to say that we're at the future that this movie describes, but, but we're certainly getting there. Now, you know, I'm not here to say, you know, what's good, what's bad, you know, for better or for worse, but the movie is very astute at, at analyzing and, frankly, discussing, never making a, a, a firm and final point, but, but discussing the relationship between people and technology and kind of asking the, the, the bigger question of, of what is love and, 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 and who do you love? How do you love? The movie has a multifaceted uh, approach that I just find immensely fascinating. And as I said a moment ago, on each rewatch, I find myself with a new thought and, and a new and a new discovery because the movie is is so much bigger than just it, its premise that it's so much more than than what the plot would suggest about a lonely a lonely man who develops a relationship uh, with essentially his computer it, it's much more complex and it's much more uh, frankly understated in a way and i think now as as technology takes an even larger role in our lives as AI becomes more and more the prevailing thought of the day. The, the residents of this movie is going to have more of an impact in the years to come. I mean, we will eventually perhaps reach the future that this movie is, is describing. And, and, and then ultimately, uh, I think the, uh, the reaction is in the, is in the eyes of the beholder, but what I like about this among, among many things is that it is a quirky, fun love story, but, but there is that sci-fi edge, but it's not in a way that is unrelatable. The, the film is set, uh, just to kind of give an overview of it, and of course, spoiler alert, so if you have not seen the film and, and you uh, wish to see it, now would be a, a good time to step away from the podcast and then to return later and I know I I say this about a number of films but but this is a movie that I feel everybody should see at least once because there is such a message that that frankly is universal and it kind of again it goes beyond sort of the 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 technological human relationship aspect but but really a a bigger and, and frankly understated discussion and analysis on companionship, on loneliness, and ultimately love. So there's my little pitch right there. Um, spoilers will be, uh, will be in the, uh, in the, uh, for the foreseeable future. But, um, uh, the, the you know, back to, uh, back to topic. The movie takes place in, in a future, but a not too distant one. It's set in Los Angeles and, Right off the bat, we're we're introduced to a world where uh, there is a lot of uh, communication with 
with computers. There's no keyboards. Everything is sort of like automated in, in a way. And there, there's, there's stylistic choices that tell us that this is in the future. The way the clothing looks. It's a little kind of retro, but, but having that, that futuristic vibe, but, but not so foreign that we can't relate to it. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this film is that even though it is set in a, in a future where technology has made great leaps and bounds, there is still that relatability and there's this angle that humans are still trying to catch up. And I think we see that in our own lives even today where the rate of change and the pace of change is so extraordinary. Technology keeps evolving and it keeps going faster and faster and faster. And we, the people, are just trying to keep up and hold on uh, for dear life. There is a sense of that, but it's not, it's never over or, or, or understated in a, in a way that is either distracting or, or diminishing. But we're introduced to Joaquin Phoenix's character played by, uh, or Joaquin Phoenix's character who plays uh, this character, Theodore Twombly. And Theodore works for this company where essentially his job is to write letters for people. So he writes congratulation letters, he writes love letters, he writes sort of these epic tomes, if you will, uh, for people from other people. And it it's really where we get a sense of who this character is right at the start, that he has such a a, a reservoir for, of, of compassion and, and love and, and, and desire, and yet he's all alone in the world. He has nobody. He, he is on the cusp of, of having a finalized divorce, uh, divorce and he is, he, he's lonely. He just sort of walks through his day-to-day his -day life, and, and it's ultimately because of his loneliness, because of the fact that he doesn't have any connection outside of really uh, a, a fleeting friendship uh, with a, a woman uh, who he's known for years uh, named Amy, played by the talented Amy Adams, uh, he, he's, he's alone in this world. And, and he's alone in a world that seems bigger th than, than just him. And all he has are these, these letters that he writes every day for this, this company, for this service. And one of the the, the fascinating things that I picked up on, actually, on my most recent uh, rewatch, was when you he goes into his his apartment, and it's a very again kind of you know subtle uh, futuristic vibe. But one thing I I picked up on that I had not noticed uh, on previous watches was that he has a a setting for a kitchen table, but there's no table. You know he he has the chairs. Uh, in a circle, but he doesn't have a table. And that just sort of illustrates and explains to us in such a subtle way that this guy has no social life. This guy has no relationships <laughs> with others. He truly is alone in the world. And he's, I think, desires it. He's yearning for it, but yet he doesn't know how. And, you know, I think the reason we know he has this capacity for it is through the strength of, of writing with his letters. He clearly has a soul and someone who uh, has a desire for companionship, but he doesn't know how to express it. And that sort of understates in a way why his marriage may have deteriorated. So 
it's kind of through his loneliness that he discovers this this system, this operating system, and he installs it on his computer, and it's basically this first ever AI system where it basically will be you know integrated into into your phone, into your into your computer, and it's there to help and assist you in your daily life. And what I like about it is there's never an over explanation because sometimes with these types of movies, the details can become too much that the story is lost and, and, and drowned out. That doesn't happen here. It's very quick. It's a subtle explanation about what this, this system is. You know, we can chalk it up to it's the equivalent of Surrey or Alexa, and it's just downloaded, bing, bing, done. So this is where things start to heat up, <laughs> if you will. And we're introduced to the operating system, and he, he chooses, when he's setting it up, he chooses to have a female uh, OS, and her name is Samantha, and played, of course, uh, by the incredible and talented Scarlett Johansson. Now, again, she is an AI. That that this is you know. So right at the bat, we're having this sort of advanced, <laughs> if you will, uh, system communicating with uh, with a human, and so we kind of know that that story of how you know the the artificial intelligence is always you know vastly superior to to the human uh intelligence but in this particular case whereas in many sci-fi films where the uh where the ai is presented as being this sort of in, this superior uh, you know i want to say being but but entity samantha is presented in a friendly and, and kind of uh, at points comedic uh, level that she's very disarming and, and it allows Theodore to to open up and to express himself to what is essentially a computer and it's through these these interactions and discussions that they develop a bond. They develop a relationship that is as strong and as real as any relationship between two people. And of course, it reaches this this point, this climax, where he is essentially dating his operating system. And it's never presented in a way on on the in the film where he's chided or. Uh, derided for for having this relationship, it's it's taken as very much kind of acceptable in in the context of society, and it kind of shows you, I think, where the world is in terms of a kind of an evolutionary standpoint with regards to this to this time and place in the film. But nevertheless, the long and short of it, he develops a relationship, she develops a relationship, and it, and it is a a bond that that feels like two people dating a, a man and a woman having a relationship and even though they are separated by the barrier of of technology and 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 man their 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 bond almost seems to triumph over it sort of breaches this particular barrier and they develop a communication and a connection that is as strong and in some case stronger than 
than than than than actual human beings. And there's sort of a, a minor minor subplot presented earlier on in the film with the character Amy, who's married um, at the start of the film, and then it's revealed that uh, they're getting a divorce, and it's sort of established that their marriage had just deteriorated, where they were kind of living separate lives, and then just sort of fell out of love, fell out of connection, and in kind of you compare and contrast that with what's going on with Theodore and Samantha, and their relationship at, at this point is sort of stronger than ever, and 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 more meaningful, even though it is a essentially a relationship between a human and a machine. And of course, there are those those limitations that are explored in the film. And part, you know, perhaps the biggest moment, and and certainly you know a moment that was sort of a a WTF part when I first saw this film is that because of the obvious physical limitations, Samantha. Uh, initiates what would essentially be a physical relationship with a with a a surrogate in the film and and that proves to be too much for Theodore because even though it's meant to be like kind of a surrogate relationship it's still not the same as as a real physical living breathing relationship and that creates a lot of strife that creates conflict because at the end of the day you have a situation where he is he is who he is and she is who she is and it's sort of this back and forth dichotomy between how far is too far and and what are the boundaries of of love what what really is love and when uh, when his divorce is finalized in the film and he reveals to his ex-wife that he's dating his operating system. She she calls him out on it and says this is this is pathetic. You're you're essentially dating your computer and you're you're projecting what you want onto this relationship because you can't have a real relationship. You're not strong enough for a, for a real relationship. And it, it it sort of brings to a head all that Theodore has been wrestling with throughout the course of this film, which is how do you love, how do you be loved, loved, how do you open yourself to love and how do you accept others? How 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 do you do you grow? How do you learn? And in a way, she's his ex-wife is both right and wrong. Theodore has been standoffish to to meaningful relationships to real connection but yet at the same time he has discovered through Samantha who is not real who is an AI he has been able to discover more about himself and more about others by having a relationship with someone who in the physical sense at least is not real now as I said early on their relationship ultimately i feel transcends sort of the, the the regular bounds if you will of of human companionship their their relationship seems almost as strong if not maybe stronger than the most human relationships in the film certainly you see that with amy adams 
character and and her husband in the film, there's also another uh, uh, real or physical or human to human relationship that's explored in the film uh, with a character uh, played by Chris Pratt. And it's during one of the scenes where there's a a double date with Chris Pratt's character and then um, uh, Theodore and Samantha. And, you know, again, outside of sort of the initial awkwardness, you sort of get this impression that Theodore and Samantha, despite the physical limitations, have a genuine connection. And it's sort of, he's learning through her, she's learning through him, he's becoming a better person, she's learning what it's like to be a person. I mean, this the old saying, you know, you complete me, I complete you. I mean, they're really, that's, that's so true. Uh, and, and it's so fascinating because you're watching how somebody starts out at one point in their life and then ultimately grows into a whole different person. And then much like Samantha, starting out as, as essentially an operating system. And while her, her limitations are defined and confined, to the to, to the digital world, if you will, there is this blossoming effect that she undergoes, that she knows what it is like to 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 love and to grow, and then to ultimately know what it is like to be human. And in a way, I almost look at it like the film is a is a self discovery about what it means to be human, what it means to be loved. In the case of Samantha. And in the case of Theodore, it, it is that self-discovery of of love and almost a rediscovery of what it means to to be a part of the human condition, what it means to to be a part of a community, what means what it means to be a part of a group, to have legitimate connections with people. It's it's such a fascinating and as I said, beautiful tale because certainly you can see it as as a quirky love story but but it's much more than just than just the sort of absurd premise it is really this examination of who we are and what we want what we want to be and it's fascinating that you see that in the context of of vastly superior technology that at the same time kind of wants the same things that we want and wants to experience the things we experience. And though ultimately in the case of Samantha, she is able to progress at a much faster rate than the human mind can adapt, there is this incredible and ultimately emotional journey that takes these characters from one point in their life all the way to to another. And it's it, it's so rich and it's so riveting and I always find myself just sort of you know in a way I know it sounds sappy but just applauding at, at the end of this film because there is so much that is said and there is still so much to say about this this film and it feels so pressing it feels so relevant because of the the uh, the influence, if you will, of of technology 
in in our lives. And one of the things I love, I mean, so many things, I mean, just to say about, uh, you know, Phoenix's performance for a minute, I mean, he he's one of those actors who never turns in a, a weak performance as far as I'm concerned. And and next to his his, his role in Joker, this is by far my, my favorite Phoenix performance. But even Scarlett Johansson, who, of course, we never see in the film, we just hear her voice, she gives one of the greatest performances, frankly, of the last decade, and, and perhaps in the history uh, of cinema, and I'm not you know, saying that to be uh, over the top, she is providing the voice. She is only the voice in this film, but she's so much more than that because she has to convey emotions that that we can only sort of conceive in our head of what artificial intelligence uh, interactions may or may not be, but then also something that's, that's growing and learning and developing and, and ultimately, in a way, becoming human and experiencing human emotions. It, it's such a, a powerful, powerful performance. And, and again, the two of them have such such beautiful chemistry that it just, it sells the whole, the whole film. You know, the story here is so rich and it is so engaging but the performances i think are without a doubt one of the main ingredients i mean certainly you know story always must be at the heart of everything but but the performances of of phoenix and and johansson really carry a lot of weight when it comes to this film and ultimately push it to that point of 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 kind of being in one direction and then ultimately going into the next but I mean, one of the other things that I, I just absolutely adore about this film is how it takes the concept and, and the premise of AI developing an intelligence and, and being able to think for itself. And, and of course, you know, we've seen this concept explored in a variety of, of science fiction films over the years where usually where the AI develops some kind of emotional and, and superior intelligence, it always ends badly. I mean, the moment the robots start thinking for themselves, it always ends badly for humanity. I mean, this is this is a premise that is explored in countless science fiction films and books, and TV shows. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, name a list here, but, but it always seems to go in one particular uh, direction. And, and in this particular case, you have an operating system, but I mean, the, the premise is easily extractable. And what is so unique and fresh about this film is that it takes that that premise of of the AI developing uh, kind of you know and, and growing. It takes that premise, but it goes in the reverse directions. Instead of showing it being a nefarious end, it's ultimate, ultimately a romantic and and frankly sentimental end. And you know, this next step, if you will for for scientific achievement is ultimately benign in the film. It's not about world domination or or uh sort of this robotic or AI uprising that we've seen countless and countless times, but it's really about compassion and yes, ultimately about love. And that is a wonderful, wonderful reversal uh, of the of the theme that as I've said we've seen in multiple 
films, books, and, and, and TV series. And it's it always seems to be that, that trope wherever you have an AI or, or some kind of you know you know robotic system, it always it always goes bad. The trope is it always goes bad and 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 in this particular film, yes, there there is an uprising. At the end of the film, Theodore and, and Samantha can no longer be together because she and the other operating systems have developed at such a rate that, that you know the human mind can't keep up and that you know she has to transcend, if you will. But but it's it's not an uprising of nefarious ends, but it's ultimately uh, a an uprising that is for for desire and for friendship and again, yes, for love. And that's why that ending is so so bittersweet. Uh, because both of these characters, Theodore and Samantha, and yes, she is a character. By, by this point of the film, by the end, she is fully developed. Her arc is complete. She goes from just being a basic operating system into something more, something that is, that is dare I say, almost human. And that is because of her experiences through uh, being with Theodore and, and, and with Theodore that, that she reaches that, that ultimate that ultimate next phase and both of these characters they both of them they learn and they grow and ultimately become better versions of themselves and oh dear god the the, the moment where she has to reveal to him that that she is that she is progressing uh or you know she's um, you know kind of uh advancing or or transcending I mean, it's an emotional waterworks because, you know, she admits, you know, no one's, I've never loved anyone like you. And theater says, I've never loved anyone like you. And, it, and it's, it's at that moment you feel like there is this true connection that is as strong, if not stronger than, than any connection between, between two humans. I mean, it really feels like something that is, that is deep and meaningful and, even though you know she's going on to a kind of a higher plane of existence that is far advanced and and, and far superior than what the human mind is even com- capable of of processing at that point she does say to him which again just sort of underscores their connection if whenever if where whenever he is able to reach the point that she and the other operating systems are able to reach, she says to him, come and find me. And so it just sort of shows that there is that that bond, that, that unbreakable bond that ultimately, while their their romance, if you will, is 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 destined to fail, that they are the the uh the epitome, if you will, of star crossed lovers, there is ultimately that sense that that maybe maybe one day they they may meet again and it, it's it, it just sort of brings to a to a conclusion this this journey that the two of them have been going on i mean she has made her progression uh as an as an os but also for him i mean at the start theodore is a a totally different character by the end he is not lonely he is not withdrawn by the end he has matured he has learned to love and be loved and to show his feelings and to yes question 
his feelings, to embrace other feelings and accept others' feelings, stuff that he could not say or do or experience with his ex-wife or with others, but now through this relationship with, yes, an operating system for all intents and purposes, a computer, he has been able to grow and become a better version of himself who, yes, is ultimately able at that point to go out and experience the real world again, almost for the first time. It is an experience and a journey that takes these these two these two beings, one a physical being and one more of a medical met, metaphysical being. But ultimately, through their experiences together, they they become better versions of themselves. And it just kind of underscores that that bond between man and machine, human and technology, of how things can kind of work and cohesion, how they can work together in perfect harmony. It's beautiful. It's a poignant moment of of genuine, genuine self-discovery. And it's it's a self-discovery between between human and machine. And by this point in the film, the lines are blurred as far as I, I can I can say. I mean there 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 is no distinction between between man and machine, human and machine. Man and OS, digital uh, or, or, or real, it's love. What is there is love. It's just love. Love for all its complexities. And one of the things this movie tells us, one of the things this movie tries to point out, we never think of our relationships. We, I'm talking about us now, we never think of our relationships with technology as anything other than transactional. That's what we think of, kind of on the surface. And yet, we go through our our lives, our daily lives, and, and we become dependent on them. And, and imagine, if you will, a moment, that feeling when you've misplaced your phone and you're searching like mad to try and find it. You think the world has ended. You think the world is coming undone. And then, of course, you find it and... All is right again with the world. And, and in more recent cases, I have seen just in, in the last few days where there were glitches on, Twitter's, uh, on Twitter, uh, folks were, were bemoaning a, a lag as if this, this shutdown uh, in the system was, was the be-all and end-all, the end of the world. And there's, there's a moment, of course, towards the end of the film where Theodore can't make a con- make contact with Samantha the operating system is offline and for a a matter of of what feels like painful hours but it's you know only a short period of time he feels like the world has ended and it's because she's been you know, the system has been updating and and kind of she's beginning that next progression but in that moment he feels disconnected he feels lost because He's lost a part of him, and, and the film is is sort of making two points. It's it's sort of pointing out sort of our dependence or over dependence and reliance on technology, but also, in a way, I think underscoring the value of this relationship that is going on. And again, I think we've all had those moments where you know someone is very near and dear to us, and and you know you know we lose them for 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 whatever. 
the reason, perhaps a breakup, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, you know, long distance traveling. I mean, you, you just feel that, that immediate loss of connection and, and it's our desire. We want to be together. We want to have companionship. And, and when it's gone, when it's, when it's, when it's, when it disappears, we immediately don't know, we immediately don't know what to do. I mean, I can even just think back, uh, to just sort of a, sort of a, a you know, a, a, an example from my childhood. I can remember, uh, there was this, this field trip and I, I forget exactly where the class had gone, but I was with a bunch of my friends and, and we were going from, you know, probably it was like a museum, but we're going from exhibit to exhibit. And then somehow, you know, me being who I am, you know, I decided to veer off course. And ultimately I was sort of separated from the group. Now, again, this is not, you know, making some, you know, huge connection, but just sort of to understate our, you know, our, our desires, you know, in that, in that moment where I was separated from the group, but I was sort of lost in this sea, you know, sea of, of people that I didn't know in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a foreign location. I was like, oh, my God, the world is ending. The world is ending. And, of course, you know, you, you come home, you find, you find your center. Everybody, you know, rallied around. But it just sort of underscores where we, we, we want to be together. We want connection. We desire, uh, we desire connection. And... I think, you know, kind of getting back to the to the point of, about technology in this film, these things are, are tools and, and they're resources, but we have such a strong emotional connection to them. And I think it ultimately the, the bigger message of, of her, and it's never a preachy one, uh, and, and there is no right answer. There is no uh, true north uh, moral of the story, but but ultimately, I think the 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 application of technology and, and sort of the integration of technology is is much bigger and frankly much more interconnected than we might realize or or even want to admit to admit. And like Theodore, once it's gone, we are left exposed and, and have a very naked feeling. Again, I I go back to you know you misplace your phone or you know, people losing their minds about Twitter having a shutdown or, um, you know, again, in my own just sort of, you know, brief you know, anecdote about kind of being separated momentarily from the group. There is just that that desire to feel a connection, that desire to be part of something, to be to be in the group, to be in the mix, to have to have that connection. And, you know, in this, you know, in this film, there is obviously this this point about our dependence on on technology and perhaps over dependence but in the same breath the film is also saying that technology in this particular case of, of Samantha becomes dependent on us too Samantha learns what it means to love what it means to be to be jealous there's a point in the film where uh, before they're sort of relationship, if you will, is established. Theodore goes on a blind date, which ends ends badly for him because again at this point he still is unable to uh, to be emotionally vulnerable and able to open himself up to to new experiences and companionships. But in that uh, 
discussion later on, Samantha reveals what ultimately can be described as, as jealousy about feeling that, that he was out there with someone and, and how it kind of bothered her in a way and how she couldn't quite process it, but then ultimately was able to make that that connection to what we would describe as as jealousy. And so it's that that moment. I mean, there's another point early on where she says something that is funny and, and, and Theodore calls it out and she's she's proud. She's happy about it because she's she thinks she's funny. He thinks she's funny that she can make a joke. And it's just this discovery of herself and discovery of sort of the the quote unquote world around her, she learns and she develops it and in, in a way discovers what it is like to be human. And as I said, to tie it back with him, through his relationship and interaction with, and, and again, I will say it, someone, even though she is not a physical but a person, but, but it is still you know, as strong as any real connection in life, he is able to rediscover himself. And so there is this symbiotic relationship where they ultimately sort of feed off each other and help each other grow and then ultimately become sort of better refined and, and more adapted versions of the, of themselves that ultimately can can grow and can still grow and and open up to to new experiences but the film itself you know again it's more than just this story of a man for all intents and purposes falling in love with his computer that that's the plot the story and and as you all know i'm i'm a i'm, I'm someone that's always about the story for any particular film the story here is is really what it means to be in love what it means to love and ultimately what it means to grow in love i mean there's the whole technological dependence on technology argument as i said that's never heavy-handed it's never one direction or, or one answer but kind of left up to the interpretation of the viewer and that's what i love about it because you can kind of have a different experience on that end but i think the real central point the real takeaway is this story about connection about companionship about love and the movie is multi-dimensional it, it's a multi-dimensional exploration and each time I watch it each time I watch it. I'm not only reminded of just how, as I said, prescient it is. Again, her came out in 2013. It's been almost 10 years, and the film is more relevant and cognizant than than ever, even at the time of its relief. I mean, at the time of its release. I mean, Surrey, Alexa, AI technology is everywhere, and, it, and it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be part uh, of our lives in all facets of our lives and, and you know we're relying on it we're dependent on it and, and and i think deep down you know it's probably only a matter of time before we reach a level of dare i say technological intimacy seen in this film i mean i don't think this film is that much of a of a stretch just given where things can be progressing now i'm again i'm not here to say what's 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 good or bad, what is, you know, right or wrong. I think ultimately when it comes to technology, we all have to make 
our own decisions and our own uh, explanations for it and what role it plays in our life. I mean, I can just say from from the standpoint of, of this film, putting aside the, the, the technology questions and the AI questions aside, I was drawn and I'm still drawn to this film because of the romantic side, you know, because of that quirky love story. I, I, I just find that just so fascinating as both a premise, but also the ideas that are explored. And then, of course, you know, yes, there is that cautionary tale, which is as important. But I, I think ultimately there is that 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 bigger meaning and that bigger exploration on on love. Um, and, and you know, you can look at the movie on 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 so many different levels. I mean, I think we all can say yes. We as a society are perhaps too reliant on technology, and yet if if you know we're reaching a point, you know, where technology, uh, you know, is there, you know, for love and 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 companionship, and and you know, we're trying to replace it, you know, with the physical aspects in our life. I, I think the movie does answer the question uh, in in some ways because technology can be fleeting you know it can be gone it can't replace that human connection and you know again i kind of tie it back to what i said i was drawn to the love side the love story side of, of this movie because there is this this great epic tale about love and ultimately rediscovery uh, especially in the case of Theodore, where he goes from being this withdrawn individual who is in despair in his life to ultimately a well-rounded and, and frankly, emotionally mature individual who is able to see, kind of see the world around him and, and, not, and not, sh not shrink from it. And I think because ultimately, you know, it, when we tie it back to technology because it is it, it is fleeting and, and we you know as seen in the film cannot keep up with the pace of it we're never going to be able to replace physical intimacy physical connection with anything with technology no matter how how uh, sophisticated it may it may become I mean I think in this film, there are the boundaries. There is that limitation that even though there is that emotional connection, there are still the the the, the boundaries, and and you cannot you know, replace physical human love. You cannot you cannot strip that away. I mean, now of course I would argue, and and I feel very strongly uh, with just the way this film conveys those emotions that the relationship and connection that Samantha and, and Theodore have in the film is as genuine and, and real as, as, as something that frankly even eludes real life couples. Uh, you know, they have, they have a bond. They have a, 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 a emotional spark between them. But of course, you know, at the end of the day, there is that, that barrier and, and she is a machine for all intents and purposes. And he is a human and and again, no matter how hard you try to to dress it up or look the other way, uh, there's real and there's not. And, and I think 
going back to the ending of of the film where where Theodore and Amy meet on the roof after the the uh, the the operating systems have, have sort of transcended uh, and are are, are off uh, off the grid, if if you will. The real heart of this film, if you will, or the real kind of emotional stake, comes between these these two people having a genuine connection, a first real connection uh, that that shows they're they're both unshackled from their despair and they're both willing to be vulnerable and open to real companionship and perhaps perhaps love. And again, in the case of Theodore, it's only through that connection with Samantha that he was able to 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 evolve, that he was able to have that emotional arc that took him from one point in his life to the very end. And that's ultimately what gets him to 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 realize what life is all about, about his acceptance for human companionship and togetherness, and then ultimately, you know, be willing and able to take part in a journey. And you know, here you have 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 Theodore at the end of the film who has a connection, maybe a potential reconnection with someone right down the hall for him, a, a true friend to the end that he really didn't know he had or maybe didn't appreciate he had. And again, through that relationship with Samantha, he was able to to kind of see the wider world. And that's why I go back to what I say they they both helped each other. She grew and learned what it was like to to be human, and he grew and, and rediscovered what it meant to be human. The film, at the end of it, is, whether you look at it as a cautionary tale, whether you look at it as a quirky love story, the real beating heart, I think, is a film and a story about self discovery and in that self-discovery is in the case of Theodore and in, yes in the case of Samantha and that's a powerful message that's a powerful takeaway because it's relatable and frankly it is applicable to our very lives this is a universal film and it's an everlasting film and I am delighted each and every time I get a chance to revisit it. And before I before I get off my soapbox, I will just say one more thing, because I always try to leave things in, to, to each his own, never try to, to push one way or the other. This is a film that I strongly feel everyone should see at least once, if not for the discussions it is it is a perfect film for our time it is a perfect film that analyzes us that analyzes who we are and and yes who we want to be and i absolutely adore it i think it is one of the greatest films ever made and that is not an overstatement i really feel that about this movie and I have been so delighted to share with you my thoughts on it here today. So with that, I want to wish you all a happy Valentine's Day. 
If you are celebrating it with someone you love, I hope it is a day filled with joy and happiness. And if you're not in a relationship at this moment, take it as a day to celebrate you because loving yourself is as important as loving someone and having someone love you back. So that is now all for today's show. Again, check out the show notes uh, if you want to take part in the interactive poll ahead of next week's show, which will feature a commentary on a movie chosen by you, the listeners. As always, everybody, thank you for tuning in. I will be back next week, and we will do this once again for the love of movies.